Hey there, you're listening to Your Life is Awesome, brought to you by Enjoy Toys, featuring true life stories about sex told by audience members at Smut Slams around the world. Smut Slam is a growing network of dirty storytelling shows founded in 2011 by me, Cameron Moore. We do our best to keep Smut Slam safe, but safe doesn't mean G-rated. Some of these stories are explicit as fuck. If you're not into that, now is a good time to get out. Otherwise, enjoy the show. Your life is awesome! Your life is awesome! Hey there, and welcome to Your Life is Awesome. If you're a returning listener, yes, this episode is just as good as the last one, if not better. If you're a first-timer, woo, buddy, you're in for a good, good time. Um, First thing I want to let you know about Your Life is Awesome is that it is a very environmentally friendly show. We only use sustainable, locally harvested, dirty stories gathered with consent from Smut Slam audiences around the world. And how that works is at the live shows, the in-person shows, we um, ask people when they come in the door... Do you want to tell a story tonight? Sometimes they say yes. So we put their names, you know, they sign out a little waiver form, consent form, and put it in the bucket with a hat or whatever. And then we draw their names out one by one. And that's just how the show unfolds. Frankly, it is astonishing what happens at Smut Slam shows. So if you ever get a chance to come to one in person, you really should. Your Life is Awesome simply gathers together stories from those live shows and presents them to you uh, as is, really. It's quite amazing, and we're really excited to be doing this. This episode features stories from the March 20th Berlin Smut Slam on the theme of going for it. And speaking of going for it, there were so many fucking people wanting to tell at this show. We didn't get a chance to have everyone tell who wanted to. And for this episode, yeah, uh, we're not going to start with a story for me this time. There's just so many audience stories to pick from. Story one is a little bit of an exploration of how someone felt shy, how the teller just didn't know how to approach people. Oh, we have all been there. Story two is about a first date after the lockdown. Now, we, if you're going out with folks, you know it's fucking awkward coming into a social experience like dating once again. And wow, this one really, this one really, oh, I don't want to give any spoilers. Yeah, just sit back on this one. It's like, oh boy. Story three. Frankly, this is like straight out of fucking penthouse letters. I wouldn't have believed it if I hadn't heard it and watched this person's fucking face. Telling about hooking up at the airport. Mm, so hot. Story four is a, a is a delightful charmer of a story about early self-love. Self-love. Yeah, yeah. So is that. Early self-love and the magic of Disney. And story five. Oh, I hope we don't get into trouble with trademark violation on that one. <laughs> anyway, story five is, uh, frankly, it's, uh, it's a... a, a, a <laughs> terrifying um visit i don't even it's not a visit a terrifying experience of going through multiple stages at an erotic poetry contest in a language you don't actually know this person did it and went way further than they or anyone thought they would so that's our stories in line for right now i want you to uh 
to sit back and enjoy. Between the stories, of course, we have Fuck Buckets, which are anonymous questions and confessions from the audience. I draw them out, and we work on them together. Sometimes I have advice. Sometimes the judges have advice. Sometimes we just need to talk to the audience and get the collective wisdom. So that's in between stories, a little bit of uh, a little bit of uh, amuse-bouche, uh, you know, uh, to, to, to get you through to the next story. It's really full. This episode is full, so we're going to get right on it. I will see you on the other side. Oh. Okay, just to let you know my own personal rules about Fuck Bucket, I read through the whole thing to make sure that I'm not going to suddenly find myself in a, in a code of conduct quandary in the middle of it. It's so awkward. And uh, if you do write down something that turns out to be a code of conduct violation, it's okay. You're still eligible for the, for the drawing, but think about why I didn't read yours. Um, and then, <laughs> and then uh, I also don't give advice normally unless someone specifically asks for advice, Okay. I've been trying to develop a healthier relationship to myself, and as a result, I have been on a long break from dating and sex. It's been one and a half years, which is an insanely long time for me. Now I'm worried if I'll ever have sex again. Okay, so just so you know, your holes don't close up. It's not like a piercing. (laughs) If that's something that's worrying you, it's not like... (laughs) It's okay. So physically, you can have sex again. You can totally, you, 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 you can. Um, yeah, just, I just thought I'd put that out there in case you were worried about that. I don't know what kind of sex education people have. That would be a weird adaptation for humans, wouldn't it? If you don't have sex or you don't feel like it, just kind of like a little drawstring. Okay. I just came out as queer and everyone is, everyone is, is reacting so lovely, smiley face. Yay! Yes! I hope. I, your life is awesome. I hope for this person, I hope this person, like everyone just bursts out into cheers. You know, they're just like, woo, yeah. Everyone does that wherever you are, however many people it is. You know, just like, just have a, should I read one more? Should I do one more? Yeah, okay. And then we're going to get on to... Uh, uh, the, the storytellers don't look in the bucket. Okay. I see you over there. Okay. Mm. Mm. <laughs> people have space. Like this is, believe me, this is lovely sprawling handwriting. Some people get really into it. They're going 10 point type size on this. This is lovely. This is at least like 18 point type. Okay. Um, I was at a new uh, GYN last week, so gynecologist last week. As a trans person, it took me now one and a half years to find one who was willing to treat me. Boo! Even in Berlin, they have in Berlin. Yeah, yeah, this is what I hear, okay? It was the nicest gynecology experience I've had in my entire life. The doc had a camera and scan set up so I could watch what was happening. Amazing! Yay! Okay. I was going to say, I feel like this calls for like, maybe, maybe if this is you, you come let us know, or you go search out. Does anyone here know if there are like trans database, like trans friendly doctor databases around? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, you should consider submitting that if it's, if you didn't find it in one of those databases, you should consider submitting that because that, as I understand it, is a rare, rare. 
Yeah. Uh, so when I when I saw the the theme, I thought about my teenage, young, adult, lesbian dating experience, which was like nothing ever happened. So <laughs> I, I I got I got uh, I got a little bit uh, the idea of like yeah I'm not interested in t in the boys uh, more like in the girls when I was already like 12 was a bit of a hard pill to swallow for me because it was also in Brandenburg not in Berlin a little bit a little bit different so it was always just like oh nobody should ever know and like when I'm like changing in the locker rooms always facing the wall so in case somebody ever finds out. They don't think I've been watching them. Like, a really not, not so nice experience. Uh, but, yeah, there were many, many crushes. I was always very horny. Uh, <laughs> and then I had those, like, many sleepovers. So I was like, oh, yeah, something might happen. So I would, like, shave my whole body and <laughs> be moisturized and ready. <laughs> but nothing ever happens. It's like, yeah, you, yeah, you eat together. You watch movies. Uh, I wouldn't even cuddle because I was very, like, Ooh. Um, and even even then later, when, when we got older, and there were like conversations where I was like, yeah, I might be interested in that. So you kind of found your ways to say that already. It was also like pre-online dating, where it's like when you meet somebody, it's way more, you know what you want and what they want, so it's different. Um, uh, but yeah, even even when you already knew, like, oh, this person might be interested too. I mean, they said so six times. <laughs> <laughs> but there would still like nothing would happen because uh, I for I for myself I was always like very afraid to like overstep somebody's boundaries, make them feel uncomfortable. Da, 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 da. And I think like as a female socialized person, it's quite normal to be afraid to uh, overstep somebody's boundaries, and that's why often in those teenage lesbian. Uh, like lonely, lonely nights. <laughs> Nothing really happens because people are afraid uh, of crossing people's boundaries. And I kind of had to hit 25 and I had like one of those yeah, times when everything just goes wrong and you're just really fed up with life, you know, like the fridge bro breaks, the washing machine breaks, the toaster goes up in flames, work is shit, private life is shit, like everything is really shit to really not give a fuck anymore. And get to this point where I just like very directly, very unsexy, ask somebody like, do I turn you on? <laughs> just, just, you know, like nothing needs to happen now or ever, but I just would like to know in general, like, do I turn you on? <laughs> and, it, and it worked out really, really good. Like after this, I would be like, I was the person asking everybody, do I turn you on? Do I turn you on? <laughs> so yeah, uh, just, you know, going for it. And um, yeah, it was really, really good to make that step. about it just asking people do i turn you on like we already do that in grade school right do you like me yes no like we already did that when we were younger and then somehow we get kind of socialized out of that and uh and uh yeah it's true it's true um do I turn you on? It's amazing. <laughs> and then did you like just kind of keep track in your head? Okay, these people said that I turned them on. Maybe I'll come back to them. It's like pre-selecting, right? Pre-selection. It's an option. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a way of clearing out the space and like you know who to spend time on and who is like if you're looking to be all horny with, like they're not, they don't, yeah. Yeah, right. Fair enough. This is great. Is calling my trans feminine penis my clit appropriation or otherwise icky? No. 
No. It's yours. You can call it whatever the fuck you want. Thanks. Appropriation is for cultural stuff. Like genitalia is not cultural. It is there or not. It's just a thing, right? Like, yeah. Wow. I just learned how to make myself squirt in under a minute. This is, this is, it says, this is fun. All, I'm, all, the, all this makes me think of is like you get something like the bottle or the enjoy, or the flask or the enjoy toy or whatever, and then it's like up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, in. You know, I feel like that would do it probably. That's the code. That's the game code for making yourself squirt in under a minute. Hi there. Yeah, so I'm a, or I was, I was a performer uh, for a lot of years. I don't really get stage fright. I don't get nervous about dates um, normally. And then COVID came. And <laughs> thank you, yes. And um, then I like gained 50 pounds. And then I ended up in a wheelchair. And now people are doing stuff again. And I had kind of consigned myself to a life of celibacy and loneliness um, for the most part. Um, And then I don't even know what came over me. But a few weeks ago, I was like, fuck this. I'm going to go for it. Thank you. Um, the story, okay. So uh, I really, really hate the idea of, go, of having to wade through people who are just not into my body. So I made a profile on this fat-friendly website, and um, I started talking to this guy. He's a little younger. He's really good-looking. Uh, and, you know, super, you know, complimentary. And we're about to, you know, we've made plans to meet. And I am super nervous. It's my first time going out in a wheelchair. It's my first. And I have to say, I have never been that nervous for a date in my life. And I met up with him at this, like, I live in Lichtenberg, right? And there's not a lot of great ambiance places in Lichtenberg. <laughs> So we went to this really crappy bar, but it was wheelchair accessible and, you know, I could get there and it was no within walking distance of my place and whatever. And the plan was, I, I was more like, you know, I need sex. I would really like for someone, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, rail me like there's no tomorrow. I, I was really out there with that. I, I had it on my profile, so he knew, he knew what he was getting into, you know. And still, we talked for a couple of hours, and he said a few things that were like, eh, if I was looking for a relationship, they would have been red flags, you know. Um, like, obviously, I was on a, you know, fat website, so he's like, oh, you know, before we met, what's bigger, your belly or your ass? I'm like, eh, I don't know. What's bigger, your dick or your brain? Oh. Yeah. You know? <laughs> 
but he laughed. Thank you. But he laughed, you know, so I was like, okay, you don't take yourself that seriously. All right, maybe we'll get along. And it turns out, you know, he was kind of like immature for his age even and quite privileged and didn't understand anything about queerness or transness or any of that stuff. And he was, he was a physicist and he kind of complained when it, when he asked me if I was queer and I said, yes. And he said, but you seem like totally a woman to me. And I was like, I, okay, wait, let me explain. Okay. Let me tell you, this is how it is. You know, we don't, we're not born knowing this, you know, so, and, the, but, and I'm fine answering questions of the ignorant, but then he said, oh, this is so complicated. And I said, oh yeah, like string theory is super easy. <laughs> Okay, but there was still the railing to be had, you know? And I was like, okay, all right, you know, I don't have to be in love. <laughs> and it was so, it was so disappointing. It was, t- it was, t- it was two minutes. It was two minutes. And he wasn't interested in doing anything else after that, you know? And so I was just like, okay, bye-bye, you know, never to be seen. But you know what? I will never be that nervous again. I'm like, nobody has that power over me now. I have been out. I have seen that even when it's, you know, oh, I'm, I'm feeling almost desperate. I'm like, no. You know what? You never need to be desperate. Just go for what you want. If it's not great, there's another day. So. Rachel in that unknown bar in Lichtenberg. <laughs> String theory is complicated. Sexuality doesn't have to be at all. Um, wow. I'm terrified, but also I'm curious about that website. Uh. No, but honestly, like, uh, like there are lots of people who like fat people too. Like you don't have to be like, yeah, there's only one. Or it's like, oh my God. We're such a niche product. We are not niche. <laughs> Fucking awesome. <laughs> Two for one combo. Confession and question. I love it when they kind of give me the selling points here. Okay. <laughs> you don't have to sell it so hard, y'all. I'll read it. What? <laughs> Why? Okay. I know the answer. I'm going to ask the crowd because I'm curious what you will answer in the, in the aggregate. Here we go. Uh, two for one combo, confession and question. I was partying with my friend and some other friends and his sister. Let's call her Isa. Isa. Let's call her Isa. I ended up having sex with her in the bathroom during the party. In between sex, I was hanging out with the brother. I never told him, and it has been years. Not that I owe him, I think. What should I do? Tell him I feel guilty. Nobody here is telling you to tell this person. You do not owe him anything. What does he have to say about what his sister does anyway? Nothing. 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 You don't owe him. He doesn't own her. Uh, You're good to go. Like, let it drop. Let it drop. As soon as I fold this up, look, it's magic. Look, as soon as I fold this up, I'm closing that question forever it's gone okay 
Wow. I mean, no offense to whoever wrote that. You, I understand how sometimes guilt gets attached in weird ways, but that, that's fine. You're good. You're good to go. You're good to go. Go fuck other people's sisters. It's great. <laughs> There's lots of us. <laughs> There's lots of us. Definitely not a niche market on that one. Um, we're going to make it up right now. We're going to figure out what that is. I probably have a crush on my F+. Not good. Friend with benefits. F+. Plus. F+. Plus. Did everyone know this? Is this a TikTok thing? F+. Plus. It's a German thing. Okay, fuck all y'all Germans. All right, so... You got to be clear. I have a crush on my F+, plus. not good. Heads, they've got this sweaty head emoji going on here. You guys are really good at putting down the sweaty head emoji. I, I guess it depends on what the, the terms of the arrangement are and if you talk to them. If you've got a friends with benefits that you are not talking to, you're just showing up to fuck at a bar in Luxembourg, like, um, then maybe not. But like, if you're talking to, okay, here's the part that I don't get about friends with benefits that so many people do. Like, if you're friends, you should be nice to each other. You shouldn't just fucking like walk away after, because that's just like fucking with no benefits. That's just fucking, right? If you do it with like no niceness afterwards, you owe each other some basic friendly things. And one of those things is being able to talk about your emotions like responsible adults. Okay. Call up our, our, our second storyteller, our last storyteller before we take a break. Let's see what we got here. Amazing. Ah, okay. Okay, okay. Did, did, uh, do we have any Galaxy Quest friends in the house? Galaxy, yeah? You remember like the aliens where they're like, hey, like that. That's how I felt just now. So excited. Okay. For my. I, I trust and love you all. That's why I can be this ridiculous. Thank you. For my boy's 35th birthday, all good stories start out like this. For my boy's 35th birthday, I am making a spreadsheet of two people per hour at a time for 12 hours to help them break their gangbang record. <laughs> Their life is about to be awesome. <laughs> okay, god dang. So, uh, with some of these fuck buckets, all I can say is we better have some good fucking stories in here in the next month or two, because this is like primo. This is primo. Okay, so you know how gay people always get digged down in airports? So, I am not one of that people. <laughs> however, however, the story is a bit related to it. So, just in contest... I was on Christmas on my parents' home in Spain, and a small town in the middle of nowhere. Seven days. Imagine, I was horny as hell. <laughs> so my parents take me to the airport, and I'm there. I go to Starbucks. I get my little silly coffee. I sit down. <laughs> what do I do? I open grinder. <laughs> there is nothing there. 
So I just opened my computer, I watched like a silly planty video on YouTube, and suddenly, out of the toilet, this tall, wonderful, smiley, radiant man smiles at me. I smile back, and then he leaves. And I check back on Grindr, <laughs> where are you? He was not there. I finished my coffee, I finished my video, I go to the gate, he's there. But of course, I have two bags, and I'm poor. I only have, like, one carry-on. So I'm, like, taking out my underwear, putting a jacket. This is going here, there. Okay. And I look there, and the queue is super long. He's at the beginning, I'm in the end. So I go down all the way to the end. I write to my two best friends. My best friend, Kes, tell me. I'm like, what can I do? How can I talk with this man? She's like, okay, you get into the plane, sit down, and then you tell them. Can I buy a candy for that man? I'm like, yes, that's fucking lame. No. I'm poor. I cannot afford like candy in a plane. <laughs> and then my friend Sebastian is like, okay, Marco, you're going to do this. You are going to look at him, look down. Look at him, smile, look down. Go to the toilet. When you are in the door, look back. Smile at him, and if he follows you, he wants to fuck. I'm like, fucking Sebastian, I cannot afford another flight. I cannot lose this flight. So I'm like, there. I'm like, Marcos, go for it, go for it, go for it. So I get into the plane. He's in row more or less 10. I'm in 19. And I go there, see him. I'm like, "Ah, I come back later. (laughs) And I sit down back in the plane. But I had to do it. Had to go for it. So I put a timer, 30 minutes. We take off because I didn't want it to seem desperate, you know? So 30 minutes pass, go to the toilet, pee, and then I'm like, go for it, go for it, go for it. Go to him. He's sleeping. I'm like, hi. I wake him up. And there is a seat next to him, free. So I sit down, we start chatting. Wonderful. He's 40, divorced. Mm, a really bad relationship with his ex-husband, and he has two cats, my type. (laughs) (laughs) And then we spent the whole flight talking. It was wonderful. We wanted to go for a drink afterwards. And basically, we land. He waits me outside the plane. We pick up his bags, and then we go to exit the airport. The police stop us. They want to check our bags. I'm like, yeah, of course. They check my bag. Everything is perfect. They check his. He's a doctor, okay? So he had a shit ton of medicines. He had something that was considered as a drug in Germany. So they take his passport. They take this bottle of whatever it is. And we are sitting there for 40 minutes. He's like, oh, my God, I'm getting nervous. And I was like freaking out. But I was like, oh, this is Germany, a lot of paperwork. But he is like, no, 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 this is not normal. And inside me, I was like, this man is going to prison, and I'm going with him by proximity. Get the fuck out of there. But, you know, I have been, like, working on this man for five hours. I cannot go back. So we finally, nothing happened. He just have to pay a fine, get out of the airport. He kissed me. He finished kissing me, and he's like, oh, but I'm so tired, I have to go to my hotel. And I'm like, 
no, I haven't spent all of this time for nothing. <laughs> so basically, I'm like, I don't want to say goodbye yet. And he's like, oh, what did you say? Let's go to your hotel and watch a movie. <laughs> we get in an Uber, get to the hotel. Of course, we are flying. We don't have loop, condoms, anything. But I'm like, Marcos, go for it. I was like, maybe he's a bottom. No, he was a top. So I had to put my ass. No loop, no condoms. Imagine. It was wonderful, amazing, <laughs> perfect. And we finish, we get down, we, I buy him a kebab because I was like, I live here, come on. <laughs> and basically, I went for it. He was wonderful, amazing. And the next day, I got the hu- two huge hemorrhoids. Really painful. But, you know, I was worrying them with pride because the pain remember, like, remind me that that was real. <laughs> Thank you so much. about torrid airport sex and I just did not think that was real and you totally did it happened to you just as Christmas now you know go for it go for it exactly now I want to do a small educational moment now we're going to see how this unfolds here I want to maybe you don't know this right but like lame is a generally an adjective that that like in in, in the, for a native English speaker certainly for me uh, it's not a great word to use because it's uh, using like disability as like a as a as a it's a, it's a word for it lame and th- it's okay you don't have to apologize to me I'm just letting you know that like this is a thing in the English language that lame is like uh it's a, it's a playground level thing that you should like just not use you, you know like yeah, but what do people use when they're thinking like it was it was silly it was stupid it was stupid it was I sometimes say weak which maybe isn't great but like what what else would you say what are, huh not cool. What else? What else you say? Unsure. Unsure. Unchill. Unchill, definitely. Unchill, okay? So there's a few different ways to say that. I just wanted to put that out there for you because, like, uh, you clearly are, you have a long career ahead of you as a storyteller about dirty sex stories on the, at the airport. So, uh, so get on that. Okay. Recently, I took a very detailed what's your kink quiz. 30 minutes later, it turns out one of my top top kinks is vanilla. (laughs) Did I feel a bit ashamed? I'm not done. Did I feel a bit ashamed? Maybe. So not Berlin. Then I made my boyfriend take the quiz, and turns out his top kink is also vanilla. (laughs) The sex is great, so it's perfect. (laughs) I... Your life is off. I, I just wanna... I just wanna flag the phrasing, I made my boyfriend take the quiz. I wanna suggest there's maybe a little more play going on there, but ah, who wants? It's your sex life, whatever you wanna do. I made him take the quiz. The person I fantasize about when I masturbate is someone I never even got the chance to kiss. 
you got to go for it. That's the theme of tonight. That's the theme of tonight. Uh, I'm going to read a couple more. If I don't read your fuck bucket tonight because we run out of time, it's, it, you're still eligible to be in the drawing. It's just, uh, you know, there's a lot in there. It's like elbow deep in there, all right? <laughs> I'm a professional. I choose my words carefully for effect. Okay. Okay. Uh, this is a very specific request, possibly crowdsourcing. I have no information on this t- topic, which is rare. Um, turns out, There's such a thing as sexual hypnosis. This I knew. Um, I also learned that it's really hard for me to let go of myself, I guess. It's kind of a long shot, but any tips? Any tips for people who want to go into, like, into hypnosis, but don't know how to let go? In the back, Josie. Practice. Practice. (laughs) Yeah, practice. Anybody else? You know, telling someone to relax never, ever, ever works. Oh, that's me. Okay. <laughs> yes. Oh, don't look. Don't look at. Don't don't look at. So it starts you in the rolling back way, and make sure. I would guess that you need to make sure that you're comfortable. I'm sorry, we have no more specific help on that. You're getting very sleepy. No, that didn't work. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. That is unfortunately not something that I have a lot of experience in. Um, I was diagnosed with gonorrhea for the first time in my life, STI-wise. I'm all well now, but not after having some awkward conversations with former partners. It was a regular test, though. Test regularly, Leute. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm I am looking forward to summer and wearing skirts for lots of easy access sex. As someone who owns no trousers whatsoever, I don't know why you're waiting for summer. You've taken taken several seasons off the table for no reason. You get look, look, look. Here's what I got going on. I got fucking, I got, yeah, yeah. I got lumberjack lingerie. If you, like, these are ruffle butts, right? So that covers everything so I can go out on the S-Bahn and not worry about it. But, like, if you're wearing garter belt and, like, some nice thick stockings, I call this lumberjack lingerie. Cut off some long johns or thick stockings. And then just the garter belt part, and then you can be all bare naked for sex. It's fine. People need to stop being chicken chips. Okay. (laughs) So I was very young. Uh, when I discovered that if I laid down on my stomach and I put like one hand here and one hand here and I kind of moved, that something very magical would happen. And I was actually so young that I really didn't know what it was. I didn't know that it was connected to human sexuality. I didn't know that it could possibly be connected to shame. I didn't know that maybe it was supposed to be private. I just knew that this thing happened with my body. I also knew that I really, really liked Disney movies. (laughs) I liked The Little Mermaid so much that I did try to brush my hair with a fork. My, made my mom very angry because when she tried to brush my hair, I screamed. Um, 
But I think that my favorite movie at the time was Aladdin. <laughs> and I don't know. It's kind of that sort of age-old question of, like, who did I want to be and who did I want to have sex with? And I don't know if I wanted to be Jasmine and have sex with Aladdin or if I wanted to have sex with Jasmine or be the tiger or... I didn't know. I wanted... I think I wanted all of it. I even had, like, a... I guess I wouldn't have called it this at that age, but I can call it this now. I had this sort of, like, masturbation fantasy where I was, like, laying in this dark, gloomy forest and this, like, tiger would appear and would kind of start, like, licking me and, like, biting at me. And it it was very uh, sexy and intense, but it was a tiger, so... (laughs) I hope that was consensual. I don't know. It was in my dream, but I didn't ask the tiger. So uh, anyway, the place that I watched the Disney movies in my parents' house or in my like childhood home was in sort of like a, a den area. I don't know. This is very much a concept in like suburban America. Uh, so there was like, you know, the TV and some couches and like a big long coffee table and... I figured out that if I could like, I could like lay under the coffee table in a way that most people couldn't see me, but I could still, if I turned my neck like all the way like this, I could still see the TV. And in that way, I could do my thing while watching the Disney movie, but while at least I thought not being discovered. So, at one point, I do have a little brother. He's two years younger than me. He's also fairly young at the time. And at one point, I think we're watching Aladdin for the 500 millionth time. And I'm like, I was laying on the ground and then I start like scooting myself slowly under the coffee table until I'm like mostly under it. And then I'm like, this is great. Now I'm in my little safe space. No one can see me. No one knows what's going on. And I was going for it. And I think my brother was like, what is she doing under there? And my mom was also present somehow. She had appeared out of somewhere like the genie. She would just appear when you wanted her the most or the least. And my mom just goes, she's just doing her pelvic exercises. Marie! Marie, if you're going to do that, you need to go. Marie, do that in your room. Okay. Now while we're watching TV, I would stop. And then I would think that like everyone had forgotten. So I would start again. (laughs) Marie. My mother has a very specific way of saying Marie. Okay. So that's my story about pelvic exercises. Thank you. Say here, say here. So I, I, I know you want to know. I'm going to do a quick survey for for purely fantasy purposes. Who is Team Aladdin? Woo! We're going Jasmine. To fuck, to fuck, Aladdin, Aladdin. You would fuck Aladdin. Come on, I would. Fuck Jasmine. Him. I would. I would fuck both of them. Jasmine. Woo! The carpet. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, clearly they're not. Is there another movie, another Disney movie that more firmly captures your fantastical feelings? Go on. Tarzan. Tarzan. Uh, 
clenching the vine with his butt cheeks because he's got both hands otherwise occupied. Yes. Atlantis. Atlantis. Uh, Muppet Show. Oh. Yeah. No, no. I'm talking about like Pepe the Prawn. Come on. Never mind. We're going into un- 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 uncharted territories. Let's get back to reality here. All right. Crowdsource. Crowds, not even source. This is not source. We are making a defining statement now about an issue of sexual attraction. Are you ready? So, what instrument is more sexy, bagpipes or the triangle? Okay. Team bagpipe. Team triangle. Ding, 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 ding. Okay. A small but piercing contingent, much like the triangle. Okay. Good. Everyone else wants a hat. Yeah, right. I did the story out of Wynn because the story my first ever public uh, striptease. This was back when I was around 19 and didn't really know my sexuality, but I was kind of up for anything. So, uh, how would I say? In Finland, there exists an erotic poetry competition, which I. Yeah! <laughs> Which I just found out about on that day, because it was, in, it was uh, run by my friends. And anyway, so they said, Thomas, you should go. And I said, yeah, it'd be great. By the way, about this poetry competition, you're only given snippets of poetry. You have to perform all the pieces, and they are all in Finnish, which I did not speak. <laughs> they also said, by the way, it's also very typical that you have to strip off, you have to perform, you have to get naked. And I was like, no, no, fuck not, not doing that, fuck no. I go to the sign-up desk just to go in. He says, oh, Thomas, you should really do this. I'm like, fine. (laughs) Put me down. And then just went to the bar and just started slamming beers. And, like, that's totally fine. So I went there. I got a snippet of my name was called, snippet of poetry. That's totally fine. It's in Finnish. Now, Finnish, hard language to pronounce. So I butchered it. No one knew anything of what I was saying. But they thought it was funny, so I got put through the next round. And that's when my competitiveness kicked in. That's when I started to get competitive. Just went, okay. Now a minute to win it. So the next round goes, right, that's fine. Shirt comes off, or rather it's buttoned down, belt starts going. All right, that's totally fine. Once again, butchering their language. And I got through to the next round. At this point, I knew I was the meme candidate. And I was banking on it. So it got progressively more and more. What happened was, pretty soon the shirt came off, the belt came off, and the pants came down roughly to about here. Cat crawling was involved, Joe, like, a little bit of slut drops going. Totally fine, I am absolutely there for it. Until it got to the point where I realized, right, now it's getting to the point where really good performers are there, and they can actually speak Finnish. I'm going to have to up the game. I'm going to have to put everything in performance. So now... Two friends of mine were on the staff that day. There was my friend, we'll just call N, he was the MC, and M, who was the judge. So, next round goes, and now at this point, I'm literally just in my boxers, and I just finished, and I met, uh, and I saw my friend uh, N, there has the MC, and I looked at him very alluringly, and I realized, okay, nodded, because we had talked to us beforehand, and he just goes, uh... But nodded, 
So that's fine. End up seductively dancing around him. He's a very small guy. Picked him up on top of the sound box and then started straddling and kissing him in front of the whole thing. I was fully convinced I was straight at this point in time. So, I got through to the next round. Now, at this point, it was a semi-finals. So I'm thinking, I've got to do something for this. All right, so once again... Did the whole thing, got the snippet, set it out, danced a little bit. That's totally fine. And then it got in all fours. And I swiveled around to the judge's desk, eyes firmly set on my friend M. And he just looks, goes, all right, cool. And because he was in it for the bit, began seductively catcrawling underneath the judge's desk, got under the desk, end up sitting reverse cowgirl on Nico in between the two judges and just kissed him very passionately, very deeply. Everyone's thinking, this is great. There is cheers and everything. That's totally fine. And I'm thinking, okay, that's perfectly good. Having a smoke after the next round for the finals. And they said, Thomas, look, everyone wants you to keep on going, but we cannot justify someone who can't speak Finnish. <laughs> Getting into the finals of a Finnish poetry competition. Yeah. And I ended up being the backup dancer for the guy who won, and we reenacted a uh, crucifixion. That was ridiculous. I... <laughs> I just want to know what the poems were that you were butchering. Like, do, do, do they tell you afterwards? Okay, this was the classic children's nursery rhyme. Uh, this was like, this was actually uh, the Odyssey translated into Finnish. Was there any, did you get any hint about what you were stripping to? So I didn't get to know the actual lyrics, but it was a festival like dedicated to a poet called Kami Tobara. So okay. It was like specifically in erotic. I see. So a, a specifically erotic Finnish poet. There's a lot of umlauts in that language. A lot. You can just do some words and just go like dot, 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 dot all the way across. And that, it's, uh, that's amazing. That's amazing. It makes me think about things for German audience. Anyway, never mind, never mind. This is not my line of work. Okay, one more audience crowdsourcing suggestions here. How to make anal not hurt. No, no, no. This is one of those things where it's like the headline is terrifying, but it's actually okay. Um, how to make anal not hurt. I already tried stretching with toys or fingers. My doctor suggested to me poppers and CBD. He is queer too. Uh, I, I tried it all, but it just hurts. Uh, e- even though I like the fantasy of it totally. Any tips patience relax <laughs> in in my mind a big brick wall just came down on that word <clears throat> relax water based loops rimming is delightful warm up yes Get checked for hemorrhoids. Go see the doctor. Good, good call. Good call. On the outside. Yeah. 
It's okay if you can't do it. Fantasies are great in your head. And even if they don't happen, not even even, sometimes they don't happen in real life and that's okay. Having the rubbing action on the outside gives you that, ooh, ooh, this is going to happen without it necessarily having to happen. That's fine too. That's good. Good call. Okay. Yeah. All right. There's an illustration on this (laughs) that I am not at liberty to share, but now I understand what I'm reading. Okay. On the weekend, I saw two hot queers fingering each other to the beat of the music by the dance floor in a queer, at a queer sex positive party. And it was the biggest turn on, but I didn't want to non-consensually horny stare at them, even though I could basically see both their orgasm because they were spreading their legs across the dance floor. You can fucking stare. And this situation, this is not like, this is not people hiding in a corner at a sex party, okay? This is people who are fingering each other on the dance floor. They want you to look. They actually literally want you to look. Any tips for solo anal play? Any tips for solo anal play? First three suggestions. Shower and a little... Shower and soap. Solo ain't come on now. I'm just going to give you a sign on a paddle. One of those auction signs. Relax. Imagine a brick wall. No. Go to other nature and get a good toy. That's the one. Because frankly, you'd have to be a bit of an acrobat to kind of really reach in and go to town, I think. So you want something that's got handle and a little bit of a reach extension. Relax. <laughs> Relax and look up. At our QR code. Uh... Oh. Okay. After being trapped in a heterosexual, heteronormative marriage, my partner and I found through a lot of heartbreak and trials, we are both queer. And after a year of taking a break and my partner transitioning, we finally had the most amazing sex after what felt like eternity. I'm still giggling about it. (laughs) Keep on giggling. I told you. Oh, yeah. That's a slammer. That's a banger. That's a fucking brilliant piece of work that you just listened to. Thank you for joining us uh, to to hang out through that magic. And we want to thank, of course, the folks who made this particular slam great. First of all, Other Nature, which is Berlin's own eco-feminist, queer-friendly, trans-friendly, vegan, everything awesome store. Uh, They sell amazing sex toys, and they supply our prizes for the storytellers, the top three storytellers. Also, Crack Belmer, which is our indoor venue in Berlin. They do wonderful things with all kinds of outrageous shows, variety and drag and our stuff as well, and and then music too. Just a great venue near Warschauerstrasse. If you're ever in Berlin, come check them out. Crack Belmer. And of course, also the crack uh, staff. Well, 
Our bartenders there are fantastic. Make sure you tip, even when you're in Europe, okay? And then the Smut Slam Berlin staff and smutterlings, including Mark on the tech board. Uh, we have uh, Live handling the fuck bucket and Kit doing our floor managing with flair. So these these folks make Smutzheim in Berlin particularly spectacular. I love them so. I want to let you know about other slams happening in our network. Of course, Berlin is not the only slam by far in our network. We just have a lot of recordings to get through. Uh, but we do have stuff happening around the world. I'm going to tell you about it real quick. Of course, you can go to the smutslam.com directory uh, at any point. That gives a full kind of lineup of what's happening as far out as we have tickets scheduled for. But just for you, for our listeners, here's the rundown. Boston, April 4th. Copenhagen, April 11th. Winnipeg, April 12th. Berlin, April 17th. Dresden, April 24th. Oh, the very next day I go on to Leipzig, April 25th. I'm heading out to Cardiff on April 28th. And then Busty Latish is picking up the torch in Amsterdam on April 30th. So that's kind of all the way through to the end of April. Like I said, come check out smutslam.com forward slash directory where you can get all the details on our branches and what they're up to. If you like my dulcet tones, you can check out. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. I get compliments on my voice. Um, you can check out other shows by me. I do other stuff besides Smut Slam and one project that is particularly near and dear to my heart right now because I'm getting ready to tour it is Muse, an experiment in storytelling and life drawing. That is, uh, I'm prepping that for a tour in Canada from, from June to the middle of September and I'm doing one more kind of showing of that in Berlin on Sunday, April 16th, April 16th. That's right. Sunday, April 16th. You can check out CameronMoreMuse.com for details about that show and everything else I've got planned for that through September. So yeah, come check that out. I want to big give a especially big shout out to our sponsor for this episode. They've been joining us for the last few episodes um, is Confetti. EU. That's K-O-N-F-E-T-T-I-E dot E-U. They are like an Etsy for really cool sex toys and kink supplies and art. Um, frankly, uh, they're, 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 okay, you know, like sex toys already seem like those are exciting things. And then, and then, and then I work with confetti. They, they supply prizes to some of our slams. And frankly, they're really doing exciting things over there. They're just doing out like outrageous things because they're independent producers, um, like small scale, very much Etsy style producers of these things. And that means they can absolutely go nuts for butts on this, right? Like I, one of our prizes in Amsterdam uh, from confetti.eu was like a strawberry butt plug, a strawberry butt plug. I felt like it made you just it made you want to sit on it at a tea party just looking at it. So frankly, like confetti.eu is going to give you the the kind of like eye-opening, butt-opening, like just mind-opening and heart-opening stuff that you definitely want to get 
in your toy chest. So go check them out. K-O-N-F-E-T-T-I-E dot E-U. If you sign up there for the newsletter, you're going to stay in touch with everything they're up to. And they're offering us and our listeners a discount. So just put in SmutSlam20 for the discount code. That is it for this episode. Uh, Thanks again for being here. And yeah, you know, your life is awesome. This has been Your Life is Awesome, a story podcast from Smutslam with Cameron Moore. Produced by me, Mark Seestedt. Music by Sticky Biscuits. A huge thank you to all storytellers featured. All stories are being shared with permission. Thanks also to Enjoy Toys, makers of deluxe stainless steel instruments of pleasure, for continually supporting Smutslam. Find them at enjoytoys.com. If you want to help us make more of these, plus get access to longer episodes and other bonus material, please join our Patreon at patreon.com. Your life is awesome. If that's not in the cards right now, you can also help by rating and reviewing this show. Look for that option in your podcast app. We might read out some reviews on a future episode. Got a question for Cameron? Write or send a voice recording to smutslampodcast at gmail.com. This too might be featured on the podcast. And if you want to find out more about SmutSlam and the code of conduct we use in the shows, go to smutslam.com. All links mentioned can be found in the podcast info. Thanks for listening. <laughs>